0: Keep them in your home, i love to see them in theirs. These are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles.
1: We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon, and this is actually part two of our podcast with Ron St. Pierre. If you want to go check out part one, you want to go right back to episode 114 and catch it right from the beginning. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to check out the whole thing uninterrupted, you can go to the Reptile Talk podcast on YouTube or even on Facebook and listen to it there, totally uninterrupted. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook and subscribe to the new YouTube channel. With that being said, let's get
2: right back into this interview. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I was I was fortunate enough where I lived in Miami. I had five five major fish and reptile importers. Yeah. Some of them were specifically reptile, but some of them were both. And so I all and I supplied them all with Cuban anoles. So I worked my ass off all day, every day, collecting anoles, and pretty much I was at at least one or multiples of those warehouses every day and every time they got a shipment if it was something i was interested in they would they would call me up and say hey we're getting this in and my ass would be the first one there i'd help them unpack it for free (laughs) got me i was able to go through an immense amount of stuff um like i said you know i went through the ball pythons i was i sold them to your ex-boss uh kevin bought shit for me and um i you know he would come down to Miami sometimes and a couple times he and I were hung out at Strictly or I took him over. I can't remember. I would just remember driving around in my truck with his dirty ass fucking feet on my dashboard. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I'll never forget that. We were listening to Megadeth and his feet were on my dashboard. And after I got him out of the car, I went and got fucking Lysol. <laughs> I'll
1: never forget that. Somebody but, uh, clip that and send it to him. <laughs>
2: that, that was like fucking that had to be like 92 or something.
0: I don't uh, know. We were
2: both dumbass kids at the time. And
0: I was three years old and I was like, I was a
2: dumbass newborn. So it's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. oh, shit. Yeah. I pulled a lot yeah.
2: of, a lot of, uh, I sold a lot of uh, rare stuff, uh, ball pythons to, to Graziani. He was a good friend of mine. He lived not mm. far from me. And, um, Brian Sharp came down a couple times and bought stuff and damn. So man, I was paying six bucks. I'd buy a hundred ball pythons. I'd bounce out with all, I would take anything that was weird. And then I was flipping them for two grand and I thought, Oh man, I'm kicking ass here. (laughs) And then these guys go on and like, you know like Graziani proved out some of that stuff and you know those guys all made huge money Kevin did too they all yeah. Like, yeah they made huge money on that that was a that was a good thing for all those guys and I just yeah. I remember saying this is never gonna go anywhere it's a fucking pet rock no one's gonna care <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I look back at that in face palm. I was like, god man I was so stupid I should have
0: <laughs> you're like I had Google stock back
2: then damn. damn yeah I did the same thing with the Crested Geckos. fucking Alan Rapashi and Philippe and and then they went over there right away after the first one was found and they brought a bunch back and Alan was like, dude, you should get into these. This is going to be a big thing. And I was like, dude, it's a brown gecko. No one's going to fucking care, man. It's small. <laughs> and, and he still beats me up about that to this day, by the way.
0: Of course. Fucking- I, I'm going to say rightfully so. I'm going to say rightfully so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and one of the first shipments they got was actually in my living room. They had it shipped to Miami because I was supposed to bring it to them in Daytona. And I had, a, I cracked this, open. this case, it's big, fucking box of geckos that nobody had really seen and it was full yeah. of big adult cresteds there were tricky rinkus in there it was a leech on us that got loose of my house and I couldn't find it for two weeks and I was like I oh my <laughs> god I can't afford to pay for this thing. I got to find it. One day we came, one night we came home from a movie and it was in the corner of the fucking ceiling, just hanging there. So I called out <laughs> up. I'm like, dude, I found it. Here's your $7,000 fucking gecko. in like 1994. Eight years. Oh my God. God. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. They shipped them back in these fucking egg salad containers and, and the gecko popped in and got loose and I could not find it. I, and oh. I thought, oh, my God, I leave my front door open all the time. This thing just wandered out. I'm never going to yeah, see it again. Ten
0: grand just walking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, that
2: was the worst phone call I read to make. I called Alan. I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're down one leech, <laughs> <laughs> That is rough. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I could – he would have totally hooked me up back then, and I just uh, – couldn't see it i even went to his house and saw a room full of those fucking things and he was cranking them out this was like two years later so they had to be it had to be like 98 when he sent those over and it was like 2000 when i went out to san diego
0: mm-hmm. and uh Damn.
2: he walked into his this little bedroom and he had all these geckos and he was just killing it and uh he's like oh they're super easy to breed and i've already you know i've got these color more colorful ones now and he was already kind of separating it out and I was like, "Yeah, man. No, it's a fucking house gecko with some."
0: (laughs) (laughs) New Caledonian
1: house gecko.
2: That's how. That's how fucking. If it wasn't big and at the time I was totally tegu brained. If it wasn't like big, flashy, you know, aggressive, I I had tons of cyclora, tons of tegus, boa constrictors. Damn. I don't know. That's i'm, I'm gonna
1: i'm gonna go to daytona specifically just walk past crested gecko breeders i like, got oh, fucking house geckos fucking fucking <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we just did we just did the azanthic project for a couple of years we bought into it very early and and it it really helped push us forward i mean i had yep. a tiny little bedroom and that we set aside and, but it was it's not something her and i really do we were producing them to sell them to china and korea and uh yeah dude the
0: the demand over there is insane
2: that was absolutely insane that little room made more money than this whole fucking property i cannot even begin to uh it's it's a hard thing to wrap your head around i honestly i expected when we got into that i figured okay we'll probably be able to sell these things for a thousand bucks but they're crested gecko so they're cheap to produce you know and yep. then when people were throwing fifteen grand at us for a lily white azanthic, yep. and they were buying them yep. right out of the egg. And then all we yep. had to do was ship them. I was like, "That's fucking nuts! It's a gray lizard." Yep, was, <laughs> that's this big. <laughs> I, there, there's there's literally no precedence in herpetoculture of an azanthic commanding those kind of values. Like they're mm-hmm. typically kind of an ingredient morph. You know, you can do cool mm-hmm. shit with them, but for the most part, you know, they're gray and black, and most and they just never have. I can't think of any of them that have commanded that kind of, of value previously. I think even the ball pythons weren't really that high. They were. I think I think,
0: the only yeah. thing that I can think that comes close would be the, Azanthic Malukan scrubs. I think that they were like eight grand.
2: Okay. Well, that's, eight that's, eight that's, eight or that's nine. up there. Yeah. yeah. Not not quite 15, but <laughs> yeah, I, I never but thought it's, I it's, would see that.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely interesting too, especially given, given how easy they are to reproduce like yeah you're gonna you're gonna throw those numbers like you're not getting those numbers back in two or three years like it's just not happening it's you know because everybody's gonna be making them
2: yeah i mean it's literally a lizard that that can be bred by almost anyone very they're very simple very easy and i'm just like how is that a thing like what world what world did i wake up in did the CERN <laughs> laboratory destroy our reality? And have we morphed into another one? where <laughs> People are willing to pay uh, enormous amounts of money. So <laughs> for real.
0: I, I think yeah. that if you look at the leopard gecko hobby, though, those are another one where it's super easy to breed. It's very accessible yeah. for people who are getting into the hobby, and yeah. I think that the the appeal for the cresteds is that you also don't really need a ton of heating on them, and they have had the powder diet. You know, so people who are now. averse for eating uh, yeah. feeding their their gecko bugs, they've got a powder diet that they can give it, and so people who are a little more squeamish, they can still have a cute gecko. But they don't have to give it the bugs that you have to do for leopard geckos. What's all around you,
2: almost everywhere you look, and makes your life better? Birds. Learn all about these beautiful creatures in this wonderful new podcast called Birds of a Feather Talk Together.
0: Two experts guide two newbies on their journey to learn more mallard ducks, ivory billed woodpeckers, Hawaiian honey creepers, Blue Jays, Cardinals, Sandhill Cranes,
2: and more. Each week we discuss a different bird, and walk away with a better understanding of the birds all around us. Oh, and we have a ton of fun doing it. Listen now. You're going to like learning about these birds. I guarantee it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I see my bulldog, uh, she's having a hive outbreak today, so... She's back there, uh, pacing and uh, got the <laughs> and when you get a dog that has a allergy problem, it's the worst, man. That that dog goes through periods which just erupts in hives and oh um, no, just miserable. But it goes away. I'm sure Heather gave her uh, Benadryl. To, Benadryl, yep. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not uh,
1: the salvation allergy cure,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that her put you to sleep right away.
2: Yeah, yeah. Poor. Him. That's yeah, she's oh, good, man. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a lot of you never really know where this stuff is going to go, like for real. Or at least I sure as fuck don't. My prediction rate on shit is terrible. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I was just gonna crested uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask, are there any uh, species that you're looking at uh, getting into going forward? I, I you talk about the emeralds, uh, which is like you know those are a a challenging species i'll say um are there any other species that you're looking to get into indoor keeping outdoor keeping and then like what what do you usually use to as a you know meter as far as what attracts them to you
2: i mean so previously i mean i love all this shit like i find it all interesting (laughs) everything from leopard geckos you know all the way up to Boland's pythons i Uh, eat frogs everything everything is interesting to me um Mm -hmm. and that's probably what um has led me down various paths i mean like i said i at time everything i attempt i don't do anything small but but i don't do anything either huge you know i kind of do this kind of middle like i'm not going to waste my time with a pair of something because you know a lot of shit can happen you can get Mm -hmm. so my i kind of tend to vacillate between 20 and 40 of a given specimens of a given project you know if i'm going to do something yeah so i've done a lot of stuff um and i and i love it all i've enjoyed every bit of everything except for oh. cleaning crested gecko shit off the wall fuck that for <laughs> real but uh,
0: they purposely shit like on the front <laughs> glass yeah. too yes. just yeah. to mess with you yes it's no uh, point in keeping them
2: clean it, no <laughs> uh, we, we sold the whole project this week and i was like bye Goodbye. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to put baby. <laughs> out. Um, but uh, no, I mean, honestly, for me, I, I plan to be to do these emeralds until they fucking put me in a hole and cover me with dirt. So I'm going after this extremely hard. And that's, I've shed myself of everything. Like Heather and I are two man team. She does mm. basically all of the, the, like, all the different types of dragons, the frills, the leisure eye, the bearded dragons and the blue tongues and, and banana pectinata. Then um, we had a bunch of other species. We were working on a smaller scale. We had pseudocordylus subveridus. We had um, mm. xenagama, stuff like that. So we are, yeah. and then all the annuls. So the only annul that I'm going to continue to run for the next year is Podior and Ludogolaris. And then um, I may cancel them next year once I have enough emeralds, but, Um, I may keep going. I love those and and they're really awesome, but I'm looking at that. I'm looking at, um, I basically want to do emeralds. I want that to be my fucking thing. That thing that I just do better than anything else I've ever done where people look at them and go, God damn, those are fucking awesome.
0: Hell yeah. So in order to
2: do that, I need to really throw myself into this. And that's why I'm going at this on the scale that I'm doing this. This will be the only thing that I do hundred percent will be devoted to those snakes i have some basins but it's going to be mostly northerns it really wasn't intended that way initially i thought okay i'm going to do half and half and then well we got the notichondro and then i also got a bunch of other shit some stuff i haven't shown yet so i've got Mm. all these different northern things Uh, Uh, honestly and
0: then also the the wait time on getting the um the batasi to breeding size is a hurdle is a big hurdle
2: (laughs) yeah for sure so eventually i I will add those but it probably won't be for a couple years like i said i'm keeping the four that i have you know maybe if some come up at some point in trades or you know i don't know whatever right now catching night i'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah right. go back
1: right. One right. thousand and for half your basin right.
2: right now keeping the war chest in case anything else any weird northerns <laughs> pop up anywhere in the world <laughs> so uh i don't want to i don't want to sink it into you know stuff that i can get captive red you know pretty yeah. re- fairly readily so it's kind of right. uh and and until the whole system is done. But yeah, I mean, that, that really is where I'm going. Uh, you probably will not see me after this year. I mean, I, I produced a bunch of Annoles. I'm going to take a ton to Daytona. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, and I'll still be doing Podior. Podior have been a nice year round. They sell really well. People love them. They're kind of like Condros because. They're incredible,
0: they're, man.
2: They're <sighs> very, very variable. I really love that about <sighs> them. The only downside to them is when they're, well, they kind of have the same problem the condors have when they're born, you don't know what they're going to look like. Cause they're all, they all look the same. So you got to raise yeah. them up, you know, for six or eight months and then they start, you start to get an idea of what they're ultimately going to look like. But the variation on those things is insane. You can have some that are damn near 90% yellow with little blue infusions. You can have some that are almost all blue with a little yellow and then they're yeah. everything in between. Damn. So my thought on them was, you know, they're they're a good candidate. They're probably they're probably one of the most exciting lizard projects that I can think of out there because of the potential they have for grading. You know, you yes. can have a baseline animal that's like 800 to 1000 and you can have these really shit hot ones that everybody goes, "Oh my god, you know, that are worth like could be worth 2 grand, 2500," which is cool, you know? It gives you a grading. It it opens up a lot of opportunities for small breeders cuz you know, you don't selective you breeding. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really do them on a big scale because you got to raise them all up. It's a self it's limiting. So it kind of <laughs> keeps the really big guys. Um, they're only going to be able to, you know, they're not going to be able to sit on a about th- 10,000 of them or whatever for yeah. that amount of time to see what they turn into. And then that just won't work. So I think uh, so they have that condor thing going on and they're also living a tree and they're, they're display well. And what you do? Um, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things about them. So that's made me very hesitant to jettison that project, and that's why keep it's still them, here. Keep them,
0: keep them.
2: There's, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. <laughs> I gotta work out some kind of better baby system for them to be able to raise them so I can get them to the colors of, to color up. I think yeah. people would be much happier, just like with Condros, you know. I mean, you put a shit hot Condor up there and everybody fights over it. So I think it's kind of, I feel like they, they have the same ability. There's real, I've never actually worked with a lizard that had that. Like everything Mm -hmm. I can think of, they're fairly, almost all of them are fairly uniform, but those guys, they don't have that. Hmm. So they have that extreme variability. So
0: yeah, that's awesome.
2: And then the blue tongues, you know, the blue tongues are just nuts. We've proved out. Produce the albinos or head albinos now. So Um, Yeah. Yeah, that blue tongue thing. That that's been Heather's big thing, and we got it all worked out and developed a system. And so that's gonna be her primary thing going forward Mm. is what she's putting most of her but she can multitask. I can't fucking do it, man. I can really only focus (laughs) on one thing at a time. The multitasking thing just ain't my gig. So pulls
0: you in too many different directions at once.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm just man, if I have a target, I'll lock onto that target and you, I'm not going to get off of it. And that's what I, that's how I work. <laughs> but if I get sidetracked, then all of a sudden I lose something, you know, I lose the target and I, Oh, look at that squirrel over there. And then <laughs> the target gets away and you know, there's all that going on. So yeah. I realized that I suck at multitasking. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going after just one thing. Cause I thought about doing emeralds and Amazon tree boas and because i love all that stuff
1: mm-hmm.
2: but uh the noticondro getting that i was like you know what we need to just do that thing that's so freaking sick dude it's, it's so cool yeah and i'm fairly certain that's genetic because there have been four of them caught over the last yep. few years yeah they're all Snakes dead sunset yeah, my, yeah yeah mike got it and mike's the one who got me that that one as well
0: really so yeah he's,
2: he and i are good friends and when he told me that thing was available i had the wait like a month and i was like man somebody's gonna fucking get that get that thing over here and just, um, <laughs> so when it came in when i got it in i was like you know what i'm not gonna show this off i'm gonna sit on it it didn't even take 24 hours before i posted that yeah you're just looking <laughs> you just look at it again this thing's too incredible too good I was, man yeah i i just you know i was gonna sit on it man i was like you know i don't know if i want to show this yet and, let me see what happens with it. But um, that thing's doing real well. It's it's Hell fucking yeah, amazing, man. I, I that like I said, can't stop looking at it. It's it's so fucking cool. And when it's uncoiled, it's way cooler looking than it looks. Oh, I can only coiled.
1: imagine. It's got, the, got a white uh,
2: infused all through its spine and, you know, on the sides. And and it's got a bright yellow when it's in the sunlight. It is unreal. That thing is just close. glows. So I did not think it was going to be that good. To be honest, I I knew it was cool from the photos that they sent me, but, Mm -hmm. and how long it took, I thought, Oh man, this thing's going to be a dehydrated piece of shit. When I get it, I'm going to have to do all kinds of shit to get it back. And I got it. It was fucking beautiful.
1: Damn, That's awesome.
2: So yeah. I don't know, man. I think, I think that's going to be my gig for quite a long time. I mean, so. they're
1: so freaking here for it, man. <laughs> the Corrales, Corrales as a whole, man, like they, they yeah. you know, they get they get attention, but they don't get nearly the attention they deserve. They don't get the love they deserve, especially not on a large scale. You know, like, they, yeah, just nobody that's that's really putting in that time and effort. Well,
2: that's because it's high risk. I mean, it is right. high risk. There's a lot of fucking risk here. And I really that's how strongly I feel about the system that I've designed for them is that I have, I have gambled at all. Like I, my, my, um, I mean, I, I'm kind of hedged it with the skinks cause I, we, we broke enough ground on those skinks this year where, you know, we have 21 head albinos, which as far as I know, no one else has been able to do. We have, you know, we proved out a, a, a new, a brand new, uh, Irian Jaya, a uh, hypomel that's fucking amazing. That has like a bubble gum mm. pop on its you know so we proved that out. We have another of our own northerns this weird aberrant pattern thing that keeps popping up out of a certain pair and now we've got a, a small army of them. So yeah. um the skinks alone uh, will keep will allow us at least to survive um, mm-hmm. if what I'm doing totally fails. But mm-hmm. yeah I, I risked it all. I mean I had I spent 10 years building that an old thing to a point where it was really starting to to bring in income and and it was, you know, I had it all figured out. And then I thought, you know what? If I don't fucking do this now and throw everything into this, um, you That's know, it's never going to happen. It's <laughs> never going to happen. So I was like, fuck it. And shit. Uh, <laughs> but Heather was totally on board. I mean, when I sat down with her and I told her, I was like, look, I figured this out over a fucking hamburger at Culver's. I was like, yes, Culver's. <laughs> oh my God, the Butterburger, like- man. It's like ten, it's only ten, one
1: step above the shitter. So it's got to be right.
2: right. <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten years I worked on that in my head. I, the problem, you know, I would defeat one thing with the anoles. You know, I defeated the the prolapsing. Then I defeated the shed shedding problems. And then so I kept doing stuff. And then I went to Culver's with Casey Cannon. And we were he came down here to bring me some, some shit. And so before he left, I was like, hey, let's go get some food. So we went over to Culver's. I was sitting there across from him. We were talking about shit. And all of a sudden it fucking, dude, I don't know where these things come from. I swear to God, it feels like you just pull them out of the, like something just pops into your brain. And says, here's the, here's what you were looking for, dumbass. Yeah. And it was one of those moments. I just, I, and then I looked at him and I was like, dude, I got to go. So I took, took him, drove him back to my house. He got in his car and he went back to Georgia and I fucking went in my house and started writing shit down. And I was like, oh my God, I fucking completed it. This is the whole fucking picture here. So as soon as I was done with that, I went in the house, I told her, she was like, oh my God, that's fucking, that's, that's it. So then I sat around for a week trying to fit. I couldn't even sleep. I, I just, I kept, yeah. I, I kept writing shit down. I was like, oh my God, that means that this causes this. And then this does this. So I spent like a week and then um, I formulated the whole, I started to formulate the plan. I'm like, all right, we need to sell down. You know, I had at that point, I had 75 anole, adult annoles that were produced, or maybe it was 60. I don't remember. It was 65 or 75. It was a shit ton for these various annoll projects. Um, and they were all breeding. This is like middle breeding season. They're laying eggs and shit. And I was like, you know what? So I called Dave and I'm like, Hey man, I'm, mm-hmm. Uh, You know, that's, he was like the other big, an old guy for that particular type, you know, the big, Mm -hmm. the giant ones. And I was like, you want to do this? And so he and I discussed it, we worked it out and, and then uh, he came and took it. And that basically uh, how I ended up where I am right now. So we'll see, I may have committed commercial suicide, or I may have, (laughs) I may have done something. uh, I may have done something really good here. I got to get through the winter See. I got to make sure the system works. Then I got to make sure the breeding is, I really think the production rate is going to be through the roof on this. Um, I'm generally not satisfied unless the production rate is at least 80%. Mm-hmm. So we finally hit that on the blue tongues where it's, you know, about 80 to 90% now. And that required a few years of tweaking to get it just to the right spot. Um, so those kind of, that's, that's what I expect. I am not fucking happy if I'm, What's the matter? Um, the dog is yelling at me. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm not I'm not happy uh, with with results that are anything less than that. So I will just continue to try to. I constantly will try to progress yeah. until I get to a good point. But if I if I had ma- was maintaining fifty animals and only a handful were going every year, there's no way I'm going to accept that. So I'm going to work that out. Right. And uh, you know, so I did. But dude, will um, yeah. we'll That's see. so freaking awesome, man! I um, yeah. might be coming back here in a year and saying, "Oh my god, guys, I got nothing left. I'm homeless and
1: living <laughs> under a bridge." It's it's just a it's it's a giant pixelated image that just says McDonald's Wi-Fi, and like, yeah. that's that's just all Culver's rad. bag stacked up yeah.
2: behind
1: me. <laughs> you'll Like, well, Ron, this was fun. How are those uh, how are those Anoles doing?
2: Right. <laughs> Fucking strung out with a Culver's burger hanging out of my arm. <laughs> no, it uh, it, uh <laughs> I don't know, man. Well
1: guys, we all know what rock bottom's gonna look like if it if it right? happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's oh shit. Food's always been my curse, so it's <laughs> oh, not
0: energy drinks now.
2: It's true. No, I had to give that up, man. That was that was fucking killing me. I was so addicted to those damn things. Yeah. You know, you know it's a gaming thing. You know, you fucking gamers, all of us do that. You know, you fucking so you maintain focus. You pound a goddamn energy drink. And as soon as you run out of focus, you fucking do another one. Yeah. <laughs> and so I I just <laughs> apparently your heart can't take that, and neither can the rest of you. So yeah, for real.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not good for you. It's not good for you.
2: Uh, Oh, man, no,
1: I'm 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 super excited to see uh, where this project goes for you, man. Like, again, just I'm excited that exactly. Yeah. And I'm just super excited that Corral that Corralis again are just going to get some some really serious love and attention and dedication, you know, and and it sounds like, you know, you've got it dialed in to a point where it's it's you're going to fucking crush it. And next thing you know, everybody's going to be like. That motherfucker.
2: <laughs> that's all right, man. That's hey, I mean I mean that's what you want to hear, right? You you exactly. want you want people to yeah. be surprised, you know. Uh definitely uh I, I mean I've heard Warren Booth say it before. They're not really hard. One I think a lot of the, the deaths that we see from them is the this um this insistence that when you get an import you shoot it up with a whole bunch of Meds, but mm-hmm. you're you're loading a stressed animal with toxic chemicals. That's essentially yep. what you're doing. Yep. So I've I've literally established thousands of imports over the my career in this, and I've never mm-hmm. once treated them. I get them in, and I've heard Warren say this as well recently: that I he gets them in, he hydrates them, he keeps mm-hmm. them in a low stress environment, and he leaves them the fuck alone. Yep. That's yeah, that's exactly the method that I use. It that's works like a fucking charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I will not. Now, if you, if you have a pervasive problem, yeah. But like you said earlier, those animals have a, have a, an evolutionary relationship with those parasites that they carry yes. and they get them in check on their own as long as they're not stressed and they're getting everything they need. They, they get them to a level in some cases, non-existent level, like, yes. you know, their right. immune system will take care of it. It's just, it's just a matter of, uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's, Most of the problems with with herpeticulture stem from our current commercial systems that we all sort of use. Mm -hmm. There's gonna have to be some real changes to those over time to be able to go to move forward. They're they're very, very limiting. I mean, we're still in the infancy, so it should be expected. It's just a matter of are people willing, you know, how how reluctant, how much pushback is there to that kind of change, you know, when you realize that, oh, I could get much better production much better you know uh, return out of my animals much better health for the animals much you know everything about it is is better you have to be willing to make that jump i'm not i'm not at all this is not an anti-rack thing i'm totally cool i don't personally use racks only because i don't like them it's not for any like moral reason it's that you know i go by and i you can't really enjoy them in there like i like to watch my shit running around and you know, and doing stuff and you can't really do that in because they're opaque, you know, and, and they're, and they're limiting, they are limited. So I don't personally like that, but I totally see the, why, why people do, because especially if you have to work indoors, Mm -hmm. you know, they're extremely, it's a useful tool as part of an, a a herpetocultural arsenal. You know, they're definitely, especially for baby rearing stuff like that. Hard to beat those damn things, Mm but, um, you know, it doesn't work for everything. And that's the thing is that we, they're designed specifically for ball pythons and certain colubrid species, but mostly for ball pythons. That was really what the design and the iterations are for. So we just try to, you know, we try to use a hammer to fix something that really needs a screwdriver. Yeah. And so, (laughs) you know what I'm, so, I mean, that's kind of what it is. So we need, we need, hopefully the cage manufacturers will, and I have noticed that I saw somebody I was watching, I think it was Dale Tamura. Um, he's like mm-hmm. this cage builder out in California. Out I noticed of Cali. was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was doing some he built some cages for Armin and they were really fucking cool. And I was looking at that going, okay, well, this guy, you know, he's definitely on the edge. So hopefully more more of them will start looking kind of in that direction, you know, different. What can I do differently? Can I do I need to put drains? Do I need to have, you know, you know set up in a different way. Cause there's, there's a lot of things that um, ah, fuck. I don't know where I'm going with this, but um. no, but,
1: but you're, but you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to, to plug our sponsor plug. In this and this and, and oh, yeah. talk about black box cages. Cause one of the there things that they, they've been doing is, is, finding those things both in, in their cages that they've been building and in their racks and just trying to find different ways to kind of step it up and make yeah. things more, more universal, more usable, more practical. Um, you know, they've, they've really gone above and beyond. And I think they've, they've set uh, a really high bar for a lot of the, um, a lot of the cage manufacturers out there that aren't looking at that because they're like, well, why fix the wheel? This box is perfect, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but the people, you know, they're definitely one of the people that are uh, going above and beyond and really pushing the envelope. And and that's what we need. You yes. know, herpetic and uh, you know, you've certainly seen it. We've all seen it has, has grown in leaps and bounds as far as what we're keeping – things in and how we're keeping them, but there's still so many ways we can improve, especially as technology is as advancing as quickly as it is, you know, there's so many different ways to approach things. And I'm, uh, I'm excited by it because I've been to Dale's place to uh, one of the last times I was out in Cali and, and I was like, dude, yeah, this is a really different approach. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. There's just so many people that are,
2: uh, they're getting their brains
1: to work. Yeah, <laughs> and then not just putting boxes together.
2: Right. And it's a good thing. I mean, it's but that that's risk, you know. It's risky to 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 try new shit. Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Could blow up you in don't your know face. if it's going to work, yep. yeah. Yeah. Every time so it's cool that we we have people that are going out there and doing that. I think uh I think we need more of that. So, um Yeah. You know, cuz somebody's no, going to break agree. that paradigm sooner or later. You never mm, know. It might be it's coming true. anytime. time. It's true, so. man.
1: <laughs> I want to. I want to touch on this too. I just, just to go back to what you were talking about, as far as like all, all the import emeralds. Like I've always found it interesting. You know, most of the amazons that I have are imports, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, I, I've always found it interesting that you know, cousin species coming from same regions, and one requires all of this attention to establish, and the other does not. Like I, I, I—that's I, always been bizarre to me, um. You know, and the the couple times that I have had emeralds, uh, come in, they've they've been imports, and they've never given me any issues like that, unless a stress factor comes in, yeah. and then you're like, well, shit, you know. But also at the end of the day, the same can be said for captive bred animals Correct. as well. Yeah. You know, I've I've had captive bred of of uh of amazons that something goes wrong and they're they get stressed out for some reason and drop and yeah. it's like how <laughs> you're supposed to be this bomb proof creature now because you were produced in the good old us of a <laughs> piece yeah. of shit. yeah
2: i mean i mean some of that stuff is out of anyone's control you know some of that's just random you know it's a living thing it could fucking die but you're right, right. yeah i mean it's because our just we just don't really understand those animals yeah i mean amazons i've i bred amazons back like when i was a kid that's always been one of my favorite snakes used to buy imports kept for a couple of years you know usually a year or two actually and they would breed like they were super and they were awesome cuz you never knew what you're going to get you get a yep. fucking <laughs> pile of babies sometimes you get a whole bunch of red ones in there and orange <clears throat> ones and yellow yeah. ones and i love that about that it's one of my favorite snakes by far yeah. that's why I, i've always seen the stuff you do i've seen a few other ones people out there that post real. I, I think uh fucking big mac um so i i call him big- dennis mcnamara um, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's a, that's a fucking yeah dennis um dennis has some fucking goals i just called him big mac on air um, I'm so gonna I'm say, gonna save his contact
0: info now great. under yeah, Big I need Mac. I change in Big Mac in my phone yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually have him. Is that in mind? <laughs> um, oh um, shit! Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna kick my ass. In trouble. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, yeah, I mean he's got some really cool ones, and you know, I, I Jeff Godbold out in California has some. Yeah. I mean, I, I I keep see I know I keep track of that stuff because I dig that shit, and I always. That was always one of them things. I don't think I'm going to pursue it now because I'm just so, you know, I'm up to my neck in this. And this is not even half halfway to where I want it. Damn. So, yeah, oh, um, man. yeah when you told
1: me numbers and, and points you're trying to get to, I'm like, holy shit, dude. I don't That's fuck
2: sick. around, bro. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'm just damn. <laughs> I mean, the, the goal is to have a year round supply of captive red emerald tree bows. That, is, yeah. that is my goal so I'm Sheesh. be the place that you can call there's a lot of different variables I'm going to do things to make sure you know to grow them out to have if you want a shit hot white one you know we'll have that if you want some crazy thing or the and the pixel project is its own beast and then I like I said I have a quite a few others that are not normal by any stretch so I've been showing yes. them little ones off here and there um and I'll continue over over time but they're all doing good and I'm going to continue to, to pull stuff in. So I've pulled out every fucking uh, connection that I have to do this. So um, hell yeah, dude, you know, that's, I don't know, man. I'm like, I said, I told you before we got on, this Mm -hmm. is the first time in a fucking long time that I have been all in and, and, and totally stoked about what I'm doing. Like uh, I I'm back to a hundred percent of what I have is in, is in this, this is all I've been doing. This, I, and I'm just in a spot where I don't see that. I don't think that this is something that's going to wane for me. Cause this is really like, I feel like my entire career has led to this point for a reason. This is the thing I was mm-hmm. supposed to fucking do. Yes. And so, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> or it's the thing that's going to drive me to the ground it's those those things are always you know there's always a a (laughs) duality they're either gonna fucking kill you yeah or it's gonna (laughs) fucking or it's gonna be the thing that you you should do but i'm pretty Um, confident about this yeah
0: dude that's awesome. That's how I feel about the scrubs. You know, getting the clutch last year and then getting yeah. another clutch this year. I'm like, everything that I've done up until this point yeah. has led yeah. up to me being able to do this. And, like, don't get me wrong, there's still things that I want to, you know, work with in the future. But, all of the things that I've done in the past and all the things that I've learned have led up to me being able to,
2: you know, reproduce these scrub pythons. And it's just like,
0: every time I touch one, I'm just like,
2: this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) See, And and you're lucky that you're young and you got to that point already. So never let that fucking go. I mean, dude, whatever you got to do, you fucking hang on to that and you stay on that path. Whatever happens, don't get off it. Cause if that's how you really feel about it, you're in a really good spot. Cause it took me till I was 54 years old to get to that spot like i've done a lot of shit and i've done a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. but but none of it has been something that i would say okay i can see myself still doing this in 20 years if, yeah. I'm, still, if I'm still above ground so um <laughs> I, I can't i honestly can't say that about anything ever use none of mm-hmm. it the Knowles, uh, they always had a they always had like i could see doing this for 10 years and then i'll be done with it and on to something else yeah but, this is the first thing where I can say, okay, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to fucking roll now from, for the, for, uh, for until it's over. So hell yeah. That's
0: wild.
1: (laughs) It's nuts,
2: man.
0: No, I feel that because like literally I, you can ask Kristen, like every single time that I take out a scrub Python, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I, I always say, I'm just like, this is the most incredible animal ever i just love these snakes so so much and like yeah i love my bloods and my short tails they're cool when i'm taking them out i'm like okay doing my thing you know but every time <laughs> that i take a scrub out man every single time i'm just holding them i'm like this is the most like incredible animal yeah and i mm-hmm. it, you know it, it doesn't change for me I'm still as enamored with them as I was when I f- saw the first picture of them online in 2005 or whatever, you know, yep. uh, it's, it's just something different for me. It, it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how you feel about the emeralds. You know, you, you see them, you walk out there and you see them and you're like, Oh man, that thing's so, <laughs> so damn cool. <laughs> yep. It's sitting up <laughs> in the tree right now. The thing's amazing.
2: Yep. And, and I, and I've had that feeling f- for the almost the entire time, like the first time I saw living snakes of the world, that Merton's book, that is a big fucking yes. Emerald tree bow on the front. And then prior to that, you know, other photos that I had seen in books, I always said, you know, that is the fucking shit. But every time I looked into it, you know, you hear all the horror stories. So I yes. was like, well, you know, do I really want to risk my career, my collection at the time, you know, cause I've been making a living on this the entire time. I've never really made it, money, but I've always been able to make a living. And that's actually all I ever gave a shit about. Right. I just wanted to yes. be able to not fucking work a job yep. and to have my, and to have, you know, my total freedom mm-hmm. and just make enough that I can keep the lights on, keep food on the tape, you know, all that shit. So yeah. I've never really pushed it. That's kind of what keeps us as creative business and not a business business. You know, we're, yeah. we're, and that's why we don't have employees because when we put something out, that's like that's like our fucking, you know, our painting. Like yes. we want to know that we did that. We didn't pay some guy to come out here, you mm-hmm. know, and, and do the work. Cause it's just not the same. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's just not what we wanna what Heather and I care about. Like yeah, what we yeah. care about is that that's fucking thing. We made that. I made that. This was, yes. you know, my work. Every ounce of sweat that came that went into that came from me personally. Mm-hmm. So that's why we operate that way. And Um, you know, I just, uh, but, but again, I, I couldn't risk not keeping the lights on if if everything I heard about these things was true, especially, you know, so finally, when, once I figured it out, I was just like, God damn, this shouldn't be the case. This is just because the whole thing was initially built on a, a faulty, you can trace it all the way back to the beginning, but it's all, it basically is a faulty set of parameters that were initially adopted. And then everybody kind of took it for granted and, and accepted it and then made some, some erroneous conclusions based on some things they saw. So, like I said, I'm going to write a fucking book about this, or at least, yes. I'm write, well, at least I'm going to write notes and have maybe somebody smarter than me write a book, <laughs> <laughs> but, but either way. And then, and I need a year to really prove it out. Because I don't want to, you know, have people go out and hear, oh, Ron Saint Pierre said this and now all my shit's dead. No, I don't wanna yeah. No, not
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um this is solely my risk. But um But yeah, once I once I thought I had it, I was like fuck this, I'm gonna go do what I want to do now. Yes. So yeah, um, dude, that is where it's at. I don't know, man. But never let that fucking scrub thing go, dude. I would yes. I like I said, if it wasn't for Florida. I would have probably had those a while yep. ago because I, you know, it's a fucking giant tree snake. I yes. Totally <laughs> take that. Yeah.
0: I, when I look at all my snakes and I, I, I've always said if I need to pare down to anything, it's literally, I'll get rid of everything except for the scrubs. I will yeah. not get rid mm-hmm. of them. They, they just hold something completely different for me. And then I feel like when I get into venomous, it's going to be the same thing where, you know, seeing a rhino viper in person, you're just like, man, this is the most incredible. Like, this is millions of years of evolution to get yeah. to this point of this, like, living artwork of an animal that is in front of me. Dude, and I, just, I am
2: all about those fucking vipers, man. Yes. <laughs> I, would, well, I had puff adders when I was a kid and some rattlesnakes and stuff, but I don't have I my ex. My ex-wife was not having it. So and then after my daughter was born was so I just stopped at that point and then Florida's yes. laws got more stricter and but if if I didn't live in a state where I had to have that, I would mm-hmm. absolutely have squams and fucking rhinos and kaboons yes, and, and, and 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 stuff. Tri- yep. yeah, all that <laughs> shit. I fucking love that stuff. Yes. That yeah. that is easily and that's kind of what i like about emerald Tribos and chondros is that it's essentially a viper that can envenomate you yes yeah that's, that's really what they are so
0: okay um, okay i see there's, you. A, there's I a lot you.
2: of there's a lot of i like that <laughs> shit that's slow yeah i don't I, I do not like the whole cobra thing you know they're a little too <laughs> smart and a little too fast I like, <laughs> I like shit that's short fat and just kind of sits there you know <laughs> I, I ambush <laughs> ambush predators. You know, I Oh I, shit. You know, but one of the things I like about ambush predators is they don't have huge spatial requirements. They have, yeah. you know, they have a decent amount, but you don't need like these massive things for them because they're basically right. satisfied to sit in one spot and then fucking, you know, maybe go up or down to get their food and stuff like that. But a lot of them they, you know, they don't really move a whole hell of a lot. And yeah. uh I like that. I mean, those are ambush predators are certainly easier to keep in captivity they're more suited for a captive environment i think yeah, that's right. why pac-man frogs do so well i mean that thing's a fucking mouth with uh that just sits in a in a bog and and sucks down whatever unsuspecting that thing we- comes by you know all that all that stuff is like that man yeah <laughs> so all the really co- a lot of the cool shit is ambush predators oh
1: gosh what's that oh it's a south american mouth with legs it's
2: right fun.
0: <laughs>
2: man i got it. When i was a kid i had a big one of those and i made a stupid mistake it was fucking huge it was you know a giant pac-man and i went in there one day i was like i wonder if this thing has teeth and i wiggled my uh, <laughs> never oh, forget it dude Couldn't get it off yep Could not get it off, screamed Uh, like a little bitch. It was fucking terrible. My mom came in, it's like what and saw this huge frog hanging off my finger and she freaked out. It was one of it was a terrible moment. Yeah, because
0: not only do they bite you, but then they use their their arms and they like pull your whole finger in there and they like further into their body. You're like, Why would you do that?
2: Frog is a giant (laughs) asshole with teeth. I swear (laughs) to God. We really are something else, man. Oh, I, I had I, I had ha- half my left nipple ripped off by a rhinoceros iguana, a huge uh, rhino. Ow. You know they big wild one that I had uh, used to be able to catch rhino iguanas in South Florida, and I caught a fucking giant one. And one day I had to move it from enclosure and it was super aggro. So one day yeah. I had to move it from a, an enclosure to another enclosure and they thrash around. This thing was yeah. huge. I was like 16 years old, and I tried to put its back legs underneath my arm. To fucking pin it to it hold it. Turn oh. it turned and it and got my and it caught my fucking left nipple. And when it bit down, I just remember look looking at my my mom was there and I looked up at her and I screamed and let it go and it rolled off and it took a chunk of me out. Oh. There's blood oh. squirting. That was the only time I've ever gone to the hospital. They had to take me and get me stitched up. Damn, Damn. Oh. scar, man. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. I remember going well, when they took when my mom took me to the hospital. The doctor asked me what happened, and I was like, "I got bit by a fucking lizard." Yeah, the dude totally didn't believe me. He asked me who stabbed me. Oh <laughs> damn! It was, very un- oh, it, was very, God. it was very uncomfortable. And they uh, sticking that hook in. They hook, hook, uh. in, hook, stitched it. Ugh. my I'm clenching my ass cheeks on that one. Yeah, that was rough, man. <laughs> Oh, dumb, God, dumb shit in the reptile trade. Breh. You only yeah, got to do that dude. once, though. <laughs> and it never happened again. Yeah, oh, whole time gosh. I was breeding, I, I bred cyclor. I had like forty or fifty cyclor for about ten years, and uh, that never Damn. happened again. But I raised them all from little babies, and they were all tames. <laughs> so I have way more, way too much respect for those things, man. Yeah, sheesh, dude, that's wild. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah i I have my stories um i jumped on a giant fucking nile softshell turtle that was buried under the mud on key biscayne in the old granite park zoo they had abandoned it and left all there was all this shit running around in there and when i was a kid i saw the outline i thought it was facing out it was not It was facing in and it bit me on the inner thigh right underneath my fucking nuts Oh and I was in the water and I looked down and my friends were all there and all of a sudden I the <laughs> was blood streaming out and I really I thought I thought I was screwed uh, and then I fucking looked uh, down and I was like oh my god thank god it was just still thigh. there it's still it's there it's okay yeah it was it took a huge <laughs> chunk out of my thigh I never oh, oh my man. god dude that turtle was so big that was the, one of the biggest turtles ever I, pull, I pulled Mata Mata's out of that place Oh, lots wow, of different. Songs. So, man, in the '80s, that it was this old zoo on an island that was completely abandoned. It had been ban- abandoned for decades. There were water monitors in there. There was tons of iguanas. I caught almost caught a African slender-snouted crocodile. I caught Holy huge caimans. Yeah, yeah, that place, that place was amazing. Like we used to. Me and my friends used to all lie to each other's parents and say we were going to sleep over at each other's house. And instead, we would take the metro bus and go out to this island and sleep in the monkey cages at night and spend the whole weekend there catching Bro. shit. Then we would get back on the bus on Sunday and take it with bags, bags full of fucking spec- herbs and take it back home. Yep. <laughs> all oh through my life and that trip was three metro buses and the metro rail so it was like there was a lot of oh my gosh looking changes. at you like what the hell are you yeah oh yeah that happened a lot man One <laughs> I mean, day we coming were, back
1: to mom and dad being like those aren't night annals <laughs>
2: yeah no my parents were my parents were cool with that but yeah we had gotten thrown off buses before and damn yeah they, the bus drivers like you're not getting on here with that like, <laughs> no no you tried to get all with a the bag bus, and there's a fucking caiman tail hanging out of the bag because the caiman was oh too god. big to fit in the bag. oh my god oh yeah that 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 zoo was amazing i was like 15 years old and that was the shit Bro. so we fucking oh crash in god. these old monkey cages that thing's still there by the way and i people tell me they still go there and now it's a park and but there's still all kinds of shit inside the park
0: damn like
2: it's crazy what? it's not key game, yeah Yeah, it's the old man. Rob, we gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. (laughs) It's cool, man. I think a lot of the a lot of the really rare stuff is probably gone. I mean, I we caught a lot. Like I said, we went there every weekend, every fucking weekend for a huge portion of my life was spent there on that island. Damn, but uh, yeah, so dumb shit, man.
0: Dude, that's wild.
2: (laughs) I I learned a lot from that stuff, though. Never jump on a giant fucking turtle when you don't know where its head's facing. (laughs) That's probably not good to try to hug a nasty rhino iguana. So
1: these are these are all all very helpful, insightful, yeah,
0: right. Tidbits of knowledge. (laughs) Not so legendary now, huh? (laughs) No, it just means that there is a turtle that has a piece of the legend inside of it. My fucking DNA got shit out by a giant turtle. <laughs> oh God, dude!
2: It's legendary
1: shit,
0: bro. Oh, that whole thing,
2: man. I really appreciate that people say that about me, but every time I'm just—I know that I'm just a dumbass, just like everybody else. I'm just an idiot that'll take chances, and so that's. <laughs> That's, that's the only, I just, honestly, if, if you take chances, yep. A lot of times you end up on the floor, but Lord knows I found or missing a nipple, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, but, if, but if you do take the chances though, when you win, it's fucking worth it. Win, like man. all the bad shit that ever happened, the times that I've won, um, have been, have been amazing. And the times that I've lost have been amazing. Like I said earlier, I mean, I honestly wouldn't have learned. A l- I would have never had the, the successes that I had, had I not, you know, literally had my face ground in the floor a few times where I was like, Oh fuck, I should quit. Maybe I should go get a job at home Depot or some shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have thought that several times where I hit the bottom. Um, I wouldn't trade any of that. I'll take every, every bottom that I ever hit. Oh, Oh, I do it over again every time. Cause, uh, you know, I learned a lot from that and it let me, you know, stop being like I was a dumbass. I mean, honestly, most mm-hmm. of the times that I hit those things, it was because I got arrogant or, you know, I, that really, at, at I, when I think back the root of all the shit that was arrogance, like I, <clears throat> I made a name for myself pretty early. I was young when I, cause I have been in this business since I was essentially a little kid, like 16 years old. I didn't really start breeding stuff i was about 18 when i really started i was breeding burmese pythons and retics and shit and then i made a name for myself by the time i was in my early 20s and when you when you're in your 20s and you have people from all over the all over the place telling you oh my god that's really awesome that you did that and man that fucking goes to your head that's a mind fuck yeah, yeah. and it, it made yeah, me particularly time. i was stupid you know i got really i was arrogant i thought i could do no wrong and uh, every every Golden nugget of wisdom that fell out of my ass was amazing. That's what I thought for a while, and eventually, <laughs> uh, you know, you learn. Life will fucking teach you some lessons, and it did. Humbles you. It humbles you. It, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's. Uh, I see a lot of that today. You know, you see a lot of these kids are getting some successes. They get. You see it on the internet. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm thinking, Oh dude, you're no, you don't the, the wall you. that's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, and the ones that uh, hit the wall and pick themselves back up are the ones that will still be there 20 years later. And the ones that don't, you know, they'll go mm-hmm. do something else or, you know, but it's just important that when you smash into that wall, you get back up and fucking forge on whichever way you were going, just, you know, try to change your perspective about shit. Cause that really is the key. I think that's the key to everything. If you mm-hmm. can get your ass out of that cave and walk out of the sunlight and see there's a whole lot more, to the world than what you experienced back there in that fucking cave, then you can, you know, you can do all kinds of shit and there's sky's the limit really. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah. So a lot of people say it's about, uh, you know, you need money, you need this, that no, not really. No, there's ways. I mean, like I said, I literally had nothing. And even right now I'm coming back. I got divorced in 2016 and basically I knew that Stella could not, if, 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 so I gave her the house and the car. I was just like, in my truck, I was like, you know what? I know she's not going to be able to go out there and, and, and really rebuild that she's not in her wheelhouse and do her own thing. So I was like, you know what? The house is all paid for. You keep the house, you take the car. I'm going to bounce out of here. And I spent two years homeless kind of couch surfing and I basically lost everything. And I built this back up to what this is now um, since 2017. So it only took me five years, six years to get past where I have ever been before. Damn. So, and that's all the while, you know, doing that. So, I mean, you know, when, and I was broke as fuck when this happened. So, Mm -hmm. and and it's not, that's not a victim thing. That was totally on me. I'm the one who chose to leave. I'm the one who, you know, I involuntarily gave her that stuff. Yeah. Cause I just, I figured I'd rather have her take care of and not have to worry about, you know, anything with her, like she'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But her, her and I were just, uh, it just, we basically stayed married because of my daughter and we never, we probably never, we just had two totally different worldviews. Mm-hmm. And so everything was eggshells all the time. And it just got to a point where, you know, this, this sucks. Why are we still doing this? So, yeah. Well, but yeah, you yeah. can come back from anything. So How are you? Of,
0: that is incredible. <laughs> For real. <laughs>
2: uh, whatever. But, um, legend.
1: <laughs> the legend.
2: Yeah, it wasn't so legendary when I was sleeping on couches, man. falling <laughs> around a bunch of fucking anoles. <laughs> <laughs> with my friends, the shavers that have rock and roll geckos and <laughs> did that for a while and then Scott called me up and's like, hey man, I he was in the middle of a divorce and he had uh his ex-wife demanded a McMansion to live in for a while. So he rented one for a year and then she <laughs> moved in it and then didn't like it and left. So he's like, I got this fucking place I paid for a year. So I lived in this fucking house that I had never experienced anything like There's like marble floors and shit. I would literally come in this house, go up the stairs to the bedroom and stay in there. Like all, I didn't even I wouldn't I didn't want to touch anything in that house. Mm-hmm. So I lived there for a year while <laughs> Heather and I got our shit together over here. But that was a fucking that was a strange couple of years <laughs> and I could not get I, I had no stability. So you can't really start a business up. So I was yeah. I was selling CDs on, on eBay because I, I, I had 2000 CDs so I started selling those down and turned out a lot of them were worth a surprising amount of money because apparently my taste in music lends itself to collectors so I had all these rare punk and metal CDs going back all originals all the way back to like 85 and shit damn mm. so and most yeah. of them were mint so I uh I lived off that for 2 years just slinging CDs on eBay I still got, I st- I only got through a thousand of them. I still got a thousand in a closet behind me, just sitting in fucking boxes that I haven't. Holy but shit, man. I burned them all to MP3s a long time ago. And then I just never, you know, I never pulled them back out again because I got them yep. on my phone, whatever. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Once you got shit. that,
2: it's like, yeah, it's just too much fucking hassle, man. To Even yeah. though they sound better, it's just too much work to pull them out and then have a fucking disc player. And, most cars mm-hmm. don't even have them anymore. So yeah. true. it's pretty much it's true. dead technology, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Damn. that's it. That's how I got to this fucking disaster <laughs> that I'm currently in. Now I'm ready <laughs> to do a green snake that might, might blow up in my face, but I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna. You, yeah, me uh, either.
0: Well, we, we will check back in in one year and see where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. For Sure. <laughs>
1: if I don't see you at Daytona, but I find you at the Culvers down the road, I'll I'll, I'll have a couple <laughs>
2: questions for you. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not technically allowed to go to day to Culvers. She's sleeping <laughs> right now, so. Um, oh. Well, no, no, uh, Heather. If I say I'm going to Culvers, you're not eating that fast food shit, are you?
0: Oh, and Culvers is so good.
2: I know, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, damn man! Well, I'm supposed to be on a healthy wagon, but you know that. Eh, what the fuck? The point of that? <laughs> no kind of life. Um, I, got, I got plenty.
1: I got plenty of greens in the building. Don't worry right. about it.
2: Right. Yeah, I had this piece of lettuce, so I'm good for the day. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I really have to take that seriously, but <laughs> you know, That's amazing yeah that's right i made, made my biggest breakthrough ever over some fast food so she can just deal with that yeah but,
0: hey uh, this is what it is man
2: <laughs> nah, i'm giving her shit she's cool as fuck about stuff like that she's just trying to keep me alive and above ground that's all
0: you can't blame her for that yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: dude but. So
0: we just went past the two hour mark here. So uh, I want to monopolize your time as well. We really do appreciate you coming on. We do have one question that we wrap up our podcast with, with every guest that we have on though. So I hope that you're, you're prepared and ready for oh the boy. final question.
1: <laughs> it's, oh, uh, it's I'm, okay. sure we, I'm sure we probably know what the fucking answer is, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, our question for the end of the episode is, what under the great realm of reptiles, the great umbrella of reptiles, whether it be something that you're working with or something you've seen online, something somebody else is doing, what is something that has you excited about reptiles right now?
2: Um, Let me think. That's a hard one. Um, <laughs> brown and old? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no obviously. i got albinos albino. <laughs> yeah yeah i know do you have albinos no no oh no i was gonna, I was gonna say I my saw buddy, the albino. yeah my buddy eddie soto just got that thing yeah <laughs> that's another yeah. one i don't see it but i have a feeling that he's gonna be rich and i'm just gonna fucking be working for him in a couple of years because <laughs> albino brown and all empire no it's uh gosh <laughs> it's fucking uh, it definitely is the emerald tree bows I, I honestly i like i said i've never been all in like this i don't think ever like i've never had anything where i was just like totally fucking maybe with the croc monitors mm-hmm. maybe they but they beat me up pretty good because of how difficult and all the problems that i went through trying to figure them out and i was yes. not i was not anywhere near as um experienced at that point with those mm-hmm. that was kind of like like in the middle of my career kind of thing. It was like one of the first really hard things I ever took on. I don't really count like cycler and shit as difficult, but the croc monitors were, were considered unbreedable at the time and, and extremely difficult. it required a lot of thought to get them to go. But um, so I was real, I was all in on that, I think, but not like this, this is fucking like something that I just, like I said, I'm losing sleep over it. Like literally I will wake up at 2am and go, Oh my God, I got this idea. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I should pair this one with this one. And what about doing some local stuff with these? And so I am tracking everything so that, you know, because I don't know what's going to pop out of some of this stuff. It's all fucking imports for the most part. And once you start breeding, mm-hmm. i learned a long time ago that when you start breeding imports wow. together, sometimes you pop out albino fucking tagus that you never thought yep. were coming. You know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes. So I'll never, <laughs> never forget that. But uh, so I'm giving my a lot more chances and, that's kind of why I'm doing it on the scale I'm gonna do it at. One is to have a year-round supply, two is to mine for other things for new stuff. Because that's how you find it. Yeah. You don't fucking, you know, you, you either get lucky and somebody brings it out of the wild or you throw a wide enough net that you up your chances of actually getting something cool. And it's shocking how how often that actually does happen. Everybody thinks it's like super rare, but it's not really that rare. It's rare mm-hmm. enough. But I've had it happen several times. And I think we just had it happen here with these skinks maybe two, maybe even three times. And it was at a relatively small pool of of animals. It's not like we were throwing a huge net there. right? So it's – and it happens, you know, herpers find it all the time. It's recognizing it because a lot of us – like I totally miss shit. Mm -hmm. Totally miss stuff. Like I hatched (laughs) – it's kind of funny, actually. In the early 90s, my bearded dragon colony started. I brought in some new blood, and they started throwing these fucking uh, scaleless animals. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them in the incubator, I fucking panicked, and I got rid of them all. I fed them all off to other things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. And I never told anybody. I was like, oh, my God. I got these fucking genetic defects. You can imagine my surprise in 2010. <laughs> when so, I so when I go into fucking Daytona and I see Silky bearded dragons for like five grand, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. So <laughs> damn, I so I fortunately I had old photos from back then, and I'm going through them and I look and I realized that some of the ones I had were were smooth leather scaled, bags. they yeah, they were yeah, fucking leatherbacks, leather like all the way back to the 90s. And I was braiding them together, yeah. and I didn't even recognize it. I did not recognize that back then. That there was I knew that there was, you know, some were spinier than others, but it never occurred to me that oh, this is something a reduction yeah yeah so I mean, I had that in just regular fucking bearded dragons in the in the early 90s and did not know. And it was it was actively hiding the evidence of that. <laughs> you know what? I commend you for that because
0: every <laughs> looks like it has been through a house fire and I don't agree with it.
2: <laughs> you, you know what's funny about that though? I actually took some in 2013 and set them up outside to see what would happen. And I had no issues with them whatsoever. They were all perfect, grew them all up. They were they were flawless. Damn. But it was outdoors. It's a humidity problem with them, yeah. really. But mm-hmm. I mean, but but then breeding them has a, a huge set of issues. You can't really use females because if the male grabs their scratches neck, scratches the crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're really the scaleless thing. You know, with snakes, it's not so much of an issue, but with liz- scaleless lizards are just that's just yeah, it's it's just problematic cool. as hell. Yeah, it's yeah, it's got too many issues. Yeah. Like the males are fine, but the females are not. But how do you not produce? you can't really control the sex that you get. So it's really kind of those, you know, I guess if they're going to pet homes, it doesn't matter. But, but then in, in a dry box though, they have all kinds of skin issues and all that shit. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was surprised everybody told me, Oh no, they all die and you can't, they can't shed and they can't do this and I put them outside and they were exactly like their normal counterparts, but, but they they were actually in humidity. I mean, those bearded dragons, they seek out high humidity. They're not a low-humidity animal like these people, like everybody thinks. Right. And actually, in that Beardy podcast, he pointed that out. They seek out, you know, humid environments. Shit in the desert is not living in the dry sand all the time. It has burrows where it's humid. Dew collects on those rocks and the dew, you know, causes more humidity at the base of the rocks. And they're living under the rocks or in a hole or at the tree base. Again, Mm -hmm. places that collect dew. And rain water and maintain humidity levels yeah so hmm. it's just the more <laughs> we
0: know man <laughs>
1: yeah it's true it's true all right man if people want to find uh more about uh not and everything else that you've got going on <laughs> where where
2: can they follow you well you can see the not exclusively on st pierre's facebook page and instagram at Something, something, something. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look look me up on there. Um, it's easy to find. And uh, also at Fairytale Dragons on Instagram and, and, uh, and uh, Facebook. And I think we have a website. We're also on Morph Market. I, I Honestly, I don't know what goes on on that side. I don't want to even know what goes on in the business side. Heather handles all that. She tries to tell me about it. I'm just like, okay, that's whatever. And I just kind of, I leave that Keep to
0: her doing the reptiles. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, well, you know, it's kind of a part of, it's like two cooks in the kitchen kind of deal, you know, it's yeah. better to just have, let her, that's, she's way smarter about that than I am. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so fairy tale dragons TAIL, um, on Instagram and Facebook. And then me, Ron St. Pierre, you can either follow me or send me a friend request and I'll boot some dead account to add you and, <laughs> you know, stuff like <laughs> that. Yeah. But, that's uh, that's the best way, but not a Chondro man. It's the fucking future of Emeralds. Dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. <So joked. laughs> I'm excited for it. Dude, yeah. Thank you so
0: much for coming on the podcast and we appreciate yeah, it dude, so much. Exactly. I'm, I know that there's going to be people who are really excited to hear this episode. And I, I know that there's some really good information that
2: we got out there. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it guys. I really oh, do. Yeah. Anytime you want me back, just let me know.
1: Yeah. hell yeah dude hell yeah thank you, perfect man. all right thank you for everybody that uh stayed for the two-hour episode <laughs> i might make this a two-parter i'm just saying yeah. i might yeah. make this a two-parter because there's a lot of good shit happening but yeah. uh all right take care everybody thank you again for listening